We are back again. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're just starting it right now. That news to me. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're gonna make this little half episode A slash quip. this quip slash rant uh, to talk about two topics. Uh, we're gonna talk about coaching, and we are going to talk about m- Masters tournaments, more specifically the Cincinnati Masters. So um, let's start off with coaching. Uh, Table Fritz has really been given some good insight about what should happen with coaching, and what should happen with coaching is that it should not happen. Yeah, I mean, not much needs to be said. Uh, we could talk about who's the worst at making coaching happen. Well, I mean, it's really no competition. Uh, yeah. Fitzapass has got this one in the bag. Yeah, I mean, Stefanos and uh, Apostolos have been... Uh, Really running up the score. They're murking everybody on the coach for 36 minutes. Yeah, and despite coaching now being allowed, he still has to go emergency toilet. For emergency the toilet for 10 minutes. For the coach session. And this happened in uh, Cincinnati in the final. Uh, for those with a keen eye, they noticed this. Uh, but, yeah, effectively coaching is something that is that should not be allowed in tennis. Yeah, I mean, if you want to – see someone who talks different words about it you can look at table fritz he talks some words about talking about coaches yeah he has all the right words so you can listen to those and uh i'd say carlitos also very underrated yeah he's underrated for a coach uh yeah he's the big two right there yeah uh but yeah effectively my reasoning behind why i think coaching shouldn't exist is because there's no coaching allowed in chess. And I feel like it's a very similar mental game to chess where you're not just playing the game, you're also like having the whole mental stimulation of trying to come up with strategies and just being able to let your mistakes go by. And having a coach sort of takes this away and makes it less fun. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Uh good way to put it like a billy jean king said tennis is 90 percent mental and i think that's what separates it from other sports i really mm-hmm. like how will just kind of sees how the players think and process through things yeah and i think you get to know them better through that and i think uh being mm-hmm. a strategist should be rewarded in tennis i think that's one of the biggest parts of the game fundamentally and uh, i think it would be a real shame if you know someone who isn't as strong mentally were to, to win masters just from being told what to do i think thinking through things is a great skill to have and something that should be rewarded i mean similarly to chess uh you can work with your coach on preparation up until the match starts and then you can do no longer have coach and this is probably what the the norm should be and i don't think coaches should be allowed to sit and stand instead they have to watch television to see their player play And additionally, I think this is a very capitalist idea of coaching uh, during the match because then the players with more money are able to buy better coaches to help them out during the match, which mm-hmm. makes it even harder for players with less money to compete. So uh, bad idea all around. I think Table Fritz has you covered for the coach. Yeah. And then our next topic of, of discussion is Masters tournaments. And more specifically, why are there nine of them? Just kidding. Why is Cincinnati a tournament that exists? It is actually very shit 
and probably should not exist. Would you like to give your perspective as a employee of the tournament? Yeah, so something that you can watch on Tennis TV bro at home is uh, you can watch Cincinnati and then the next week you can watch Winston-Salem and you can see that there are more people at Winston-Salem than Cincinnati despite Winston-Salem being the most challenger 250 of all time. It may be the worst tournament on tour. It may be the very worst tournament. So uh, that's just one factor. Uh, additionally, something that's just very annoying as a player, a fan, and an employee is the amount of rain delay per day is very high, probably higher than any other tournament, and there is no indoor court for play to continue during these stoppages. So uh, definitely a lot of players are not happy with a lot of the courts being wet all the time, and even when they're dry, they're still uh, more slick than you know an ideal hard court surface. Uh, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. What else do we have? Well, for those of you that don't know, the Cincinnati Masters is not actually in Cincinnati. It's in a place, it's in a small, smaller city north of Cincinnati called Mason. And in Mason, there is another place that is right across the street from the tennis tournament called Kings Island Theme Park. Yeah, according to <laughs> one British man, it is a magical place. It's a theme park. Yeah, and it, here you can do such things as ride roller coaster and eat blue ice cream. But on Friday nights and I think most weekend nights, they have what is known as fireworks on display. Popping and cracking and just being an overall nuisance to tennis. And uh, if you guys watched the Tsitsipas Medi match in on your tennis TV... Uh, you would have noticed that there was actual smokes from the fireworks entering the stadium due to the adjacency of the venue to Kings Island Theme Park. Yeah, and uh, pretty crazy fact about the fireworks is not only are they loud, but they do have the smoke billowing in. So this actually filled the stadium bowl itself, uh, covering the court in a pretty promiscuous layer of smoke. It was Medi's serve. He was serving, at, I believe, either two all, sorry, yeah, two three or three four. I think it's two three, and he threw in five double faults to lose the game, and get broken despite Tsitsipas going, I think, one and four in points in the game. So uh, oh, we're not double faults. Yeah, shout out the fireworks for deciding the final. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But this would never happen in even another 250. I think it's completely embarrassing that they have fireworks and smoke during a Masters 1000 final. It really shows you how little tennis is taken seriously in the States. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it shows you that either they need to cut a deal with the theme park to stop the fireworks, or they just need to move the tournament or make it not exist. Another option. Mm -hmm. uh, but basically, if you put all the things together... The from a player's perspective, there are no fans. It, you're not even close to like a city or anything. You're just in like a random s suburb of the most boring place to be located. On yeah, honestly, suburb. Cincinnati is so much more entertaining than Mason, Ohio. Sorry, Jess, for that, by the way. Um, but and finally, there, while you're playing, you are getting distracted by bombs going off in the sky. Overall, this is an environment that I, if I was playing, I would not want to be in. Uh, and it's astonishing to me that the players have not lobbied for this tournament to be 
killed entirely from this planet. And there are, like, you could probably cut the deal with King's Island, but that's not going to fix the other two issues. And also the weather. Forgot about that one entirely. But yeah, the player's perspective, it's not fun to be there, I wouldn't say. I mean, you go to, like, like the women's doubles finals. There was, like, ten people there in Grandstand Court. There was I don't think there was really anybody there to watch the match who wasn't, you know, already with the the team of one of the players or directly, you know, or with the team. Or with yeah, or with the only team. Uh, yeah. One of the teams. And I think that's just an embarrassment that you come play in a Masters 1000 finally in the highest level of one of the most popular sports in the world and no one even cares to watch. So I know when they were selling the tournament, they were talking about moving it to Qatar. Thank God that didn't happen. But I, I think something needs to be done. I think Cincinnati's pretty clearly falling in popularity and quality. Yeah. If you want to talk about some alternative venues to have the place take event take place in starting with Anderson High School. Well, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be doing that. But my first idea would be to move it to the downtown area of Cincinnati and have the venue be in such a place with like the the the, fa- the facade of downtown uh, similarly to how Queens is played in just some random random ass neighborhood. It would be similar to that, just with a city instead of a British town. Uh, I think that would be a really cool aesthetic, and then also you could pretty easily fill up a stadium if you just give tickets to those less privileged people that actually live in the city and are not able to commute to Mason, which is uh, like 45 minutes from downtown, the downtown area of Cincinnati. I think this is a very cool option. This is probably the priciest option. Uh, but there are also some other things that I thought about myself, like moving it to a different city. I think that uh, there are only masters in – there's a masters in Asia. There's Give a it back to Hamburg or do a South, uh, uh, South American I w- masters. I was thinking a North African masters, like in, uh, in Cairo – somewhere in Morocco or maybe eh, not in the Middle East but Northern Africa I think is a is a good option I think a Rio Masters could be crazy yeah uh, they already have 500 in yeah Rio. they could just upgrade, upgrade it. so I think those would be crazy options maybe a Sao Paulo Masters but you know my heart c- wouldn't be able to take that because I you know I was born there so yeah I mean uh, I would say shout out to Hamburg for having their masters taken away from them. I think having the back-to-back Montreal and Cincinnati masters in consecutive weeks is probably just too much anyways. I think if they just kept Montreal and then had moved Montreal to the week Cincinnati is and then, uh, you know, have like a five another 500 before then, I think that would work out too. Yeah. Make Montreal two weeks, you could do that as well. Although mm-hmm. they are doing that with Cincinnati, so it looks like it's not going anywhere. But I do think if they hit the free tickets for everyone idea – that would pay dividends later because I think of, like, uh, the U.S. Open and how, you know, like, for New York, that's just such a big event for the entire city, and that place is always packed mm-hmm. up. I think that's because it's actually in New York. Yeah, and then I think, honestly, you could just do free grounds pass, and then everything else is uh, – or all the center court is capitalism moment, and maybe they could capitalize grandstand as well if they want to make their money. 
Yeah, another crazy thing about Cincinnati is uh, since there's nobody there, you can just buy any ticket in the stadium and then go just sit in between some seats. Yeah, effectively, if you buy any ticket at the at the Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is actually in Mason, Ohio, you can, instead of going to your assigned seat, go to right where the players are, essentially, and watch there. Yeah, and that's where Anthony is, so that's where you must be as well. Yeah, and that's where PCB was. Yeah. A shout-out to some other legends of Cincinnati, starting with Benoit Paire, who was practicing with Jack Sock one day. And after he was done, uh, you know, Jack Sock, most other players, when they're done practicing, they like to sit with a coach, talk about, you know, how it went, uh, how they will think about the next practice sessions and strategies and things like this. Uh, Benoit did not have a coach. He did not have a bag. He had one racket and a phone, and he ran out of the practice joint right when it ended. He said that he loves Cincinnati and that he will beat Shapovalov again this year there. And then he retired. <laughs> and then the <laughs> next day he plays first round of qualifying against Thanasi Kokonakis, loses the first set, goes down a break, retires, and sprints out of the venue, parkours over the fence with his injured self that does not appear to be injured, and leaves Cincinnati to go back to France. A tremendous achievement from Benoit Paire. Uh, definitely one of the players who loves Cincinnati of all time. Yeah, I mean, and another player that loves, probably not Cincinnati, is Sasha Bublik, who hit the withdrawal yeah. instantaneously. Bublik hit the arrive in Cincinnati, practice for five minutes, leave Cincinnati. Which is I probably what every player should do when they arrive at Cincinnati is they go, they practice. I think what the normal turn events is they arrive at the airport, which is south of Cincinnati. They go into the downtown. They say this is nice, and then there's 45 minutes until they're at the tournament, and they're like, "Wow, this is ass." And then <laughs> they arrive at the tournament. They practice for five minutes. They're like, "Wow, this is ass," and then leave, which is probably the order that things events like should happen. Yeah, and. Uh, crazy thing about Bublik is he had, unlike Benoit, he had an overload of equipment. He had a huge bag. He had Jordans on. He had the hat. He had changing the kit. And he did all of this. He changed out of everything. He had his bag out and everything. He hit for five minutes with some kid. And then he was done. He put his Jordans, everything else back on. I took a picture of him with the kid. I talked to Bublik about Chipotle, which he says is the same shit in a different place. And uh, then he withdrew from the tournament and left. So, yeah, definitely the two kings of Cincinnati, Benoit Pair and mm -hmm. Sasha Bublik. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think Nick Kira said it best himself. I hate Cincinnati. Yeah, this is what I he I said. I fucking hate Cincinnati. Honestly, bro, I fucking hate this place, man. That's pretty much how it should go every single time. But, yeah, anything else that you want to add? Uh, no, but, you know, next time if the Natty is in downtown, you better watch out for that Benoit-Sasha final. Also, if, coming. if the Natty's in Mason again, you better watch out for us hitting the player interviews. Oh, yeah. This That's something that hopefully can occur. This is in the works according to tournaments. Tournaments. We have to keep putting this out so we get our media passes next year. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's uh I think you now know everything about everything. Yeah. Well that has mattered in Cincinnati. 
Yeah, Cincinnati shouldn't exist. Georgia Dame shouldn't exist. The results are fraudulent because of the smoke, and that's right. But I'm glad Borna Torres won. But I am super happy for Borna, and he had no fireworks during any of his matches because they only happened for two matches. Yes, and wait, when did the other one happen? It, it was, was uh, Carlitos, Carlitos Nori. Yeah, Carlitos Nori, and then Danny. And Danny, Danny, Danny. Tutrescos. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. 